if we if we play the thing hot pink with lightning bolts on it or whatever, then you know that's going to be the soundbite for this podcast now, don't you? <laughs> Boosted said, hot pink skateboard coming. My name is James Hopkin and this is the Hob Podcast. We're up to number 21. This interview is with Mike McHugh from Boosted Boards. And it's a fun episode. Mike, he's a pretty amazing guy. He's had an incredible journey in his career. He started off in graphic design. He got into training, which led him to move into the USA with Adobe, which then led him into the heart of Silicon Valley as a director of Boosted Boards. So at the time of this interview, February 2019, he was director of customer experience, which we talk about. He's recently moved. So I'm recording this in November, the 1st of November. He's recently moved into the role of director of skate product. But without a doubt, Mike has one of the best jobs in skate, director of Boosted Boards, it's when you hear the interview and what we talk about i'm sure there'll be lots of people turning green with envy just going why can't i get a job like that anyway this episode it's not just for the electric skateboard crew there's something in here for everyone i mean it's a really wide-ranging conversation we talk about everything we discuss electric skateboard racing yes zach i heard your first episode You'll love this one because we do get into electric skateboard racing and what Boosted might think about that. Would they support it? Would they be involved? And I mean, I get into product design and how Boosted take those designs, they test it and turn it into a product, how they release product. Does Boosted have a skate team or ambassadors? Well, spoiler alert, they have both and more. We get into future products, and as a side note, at the time of recording this, Boosted had not released the Boosted scooter, and you can hear me ask whether they're going to get into scooters, and Mike's reaction, he's pretty stoic. I don't think he gives much away. Does his voice crack a little? Eh, It might, but anyway... It was fun poking the bear on what future products might be coming out because Boosted are very secretive, almost Apple-like in the way they develop and release products. So this is a great look behind the curtain at Boosted Boards and I hope you enjoy this interview. Here is Mike McHugh from Boosted Boards. I have Mike McHugh from Silicon Valley. Is that right? Is that where we've found you today? Absolutely. Uh, sitting in uh, rainy Mountain View, California. Uh, normally it's pretty sunny around here, but not today. And that, I mean, Mountain View, that is the heart of Silicon Valley, right? That is exactly right. So we are uh, probably about one mile from Google. As a matter of fact, one of the Google buildings I'm looking at right now uh, from my window. So yeah, wow. we are right in the thick of it. And Mike, is your director of Boosted? That's right, yes. So what, customer service? Uh, yeah, customer experience. I, I customer wear a few experience. different hats. Yeah, we, we aren't a huge uh, company, so that means most of us uh, take on a little bit more than you would in a large enterprise. So um, uh, yeah, a few different hats. But customer experience means a lot. So 
Um, the good people that answer the emails and answer the phone are um, all in my team, um, as well as uh, I do a lot of interactions with uh, customers and feedback on the product, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, a lot of, lot of stuff. And how does Boosted see themselves? Are you a startup? Are you a skateboard company, a transport company? I mean, when you're yep. as a, a group, there must be sort of a culture. What is that? It actually, uh, that's a really great question because I wonder a little bit how how we're perceived by you know our customers as well. Uh, but I think the very first step uh, you have into the office where we are now, you will definitely recognise that this is very much um, a startup company um, for sure. So um, when I first joined Boosted about two years ago, um, you know. It's a really uh, enthusiastic, scrappy, awesome bunch of really smart people just, you know, uh, cranking out some really cool products. So definitely a startup, not a traditional startup that you would have in Silicon Valley where, you know, you have software developers, um, et cetera. You know, we've got, you know, some extremely talented um, engineers that started this company. So it's very much... Um, is what I walked into, um, and uh, hoping to lend a hand. But you know, just that that excitement of a of a startup and a new business going for it. So um, and, that's how I see it. Yeah. And is that why Boosted is located where it's located? I think I think it's probably by default. Uh, so Matt, Sanjay, and John, who are the um, who are the founders of Boosted. All attended Stanford University together, which is ah, right. which is about ten miles down the road in Palo Alto, um, and so those guys were all there um, uh, doing a robotic robotics course uh, at Stanford University, um, and that's really where John Ullman, um, uh, who's our CTO here, um, it really invented the first boosted board while he was on campus there to get around uh, Stanford. So I think it's by I think it's by default that we're here in Mountain View because that's just where the fellas came from. So it wasn't a Stanford project, it was more about just getting around Stanford. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, John kind of built himself uh, an electric skateboard. I've seen it, um, you know, and uh, it's it was certainly, you know, just kind of scrapped together from bits and pieces. Like he did a very nice job, but... Um, you know, he, he invented that thing for himself to get around campus. He was kicking a longboard around there, you know, in between lectures or whatever and decided, uh, hey, you know what, I can uh, I can be a little bit more efficient and uh, build himself one. Yeah, nice. So it's something I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. What was your first skateboard? Oh, yeah. I was, I was expecting this, James, and I was thinking <laughs> to myself, what on earth was it? I'm going to tell you two boards if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not going to give away my age um, much, but I think you're going to be able to figure it out from the boards that I, t <laughs> the boards that I tell you. Uh, but I was kind of like in the heyday um, of the 80s, you know, okay. sort of like mid to late 80s is kind of when I was uh, first riding a skateboard around. Um, and I had some, you know, uh, I'm going to, uh, a super crappy kind of things I'd picked up, I don't know, from an older brother or whatever, these little fiberglass things. I wouldn't even know what, what that was. Like, a, I think we used to call it a banana board or something like that. It's probably like a penny board. 
Yeah. Uh, now, but what I really wanted was, you know, like one of the boards that Bones Brigade was on, you know, like a Christian Hosoli board or, oh, or one yeah. of them. So anyway, I got this thing for Christmas. I reckon mum got it from Target or God knows where. I don't know what it was, but it was about 10 inches wide. It had bright yellow, you know, like tail guard on it, had bright yellow rails on it, had the lapper on it. Uh, I don't know what the trucks were. It had nose guard on it. And, you know, I busted through that thing pretty quickly. Um, wow, it's a so, classic you know, the, 80s. Just, it, was uh, flat, it was just like this thing, right? It was a cheap, wasn't a, wasn't a, wasn't a, a, a brand name. So once I'd ripped through that one, the board that I really love and I still have to this day, it's sitting next to my desk right now, is a Vision Psycho Stick. Wow. Um, that thing, I just, you know, that weird shape, you know, yeah. with the, you know, the kind of the waves down the side. Uh, indie yeah, the money bumps. There. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the money bumps. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Absolutely no purpose other than hurting your fins when it ran into them. <laughs> uh, uh, but, um, yeah, yes. I, I heard a uh, an industry yeah. manufacturer say, yeah, they used to call them money bumps because the more bumps they put down the side, the more they could charge for the board. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've um, if you've read uh, Christian Hosoy's um, uh, autobiography there, but he does, you know, kind of mention a little bit of that in there when he was kind of like in a bit of a weird place in his life, um, you know, kind of trying to chisel out a, a few a few money bumps on on one of his shapes to make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't read I haven't read that autobiography, but it's been recommended by a few people to me, so I have to I have to read it. He's had an yeah. interesting life. He sure has, yeah, that that's for sure. So um yeah, he was he was right in amongst that. Um so yeah, I, I still have that psycho stick. Um it, it sat under my house for a long time. Um while I was still in Victoria, my son must have been maybe five or six and he dug it up out of the house and i was like wow. oh that's where that thing was and you know he wrote it's it amazing around. you still have it there's not many oh, yeah. people that have like one of their first skateboards oh yeah I'm, I'm yeah i'm really really pleased to have that thing i love it yeah it's uh yeah we sort of used to in the skate shop get a lot of people bringing in those sort of boards and oh you know i just want to put some new wheels on it and skate it again but would always talk them out of it, just say, you know, it's a pretty good, you don't want to destroy it. Yeah, no. stick it up on the wall or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stick it up on the wall. Do you still skate the uh, the Psycho Stick? That one? Yeah. You know what? Every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll just stand on it on the carpet here and just kick it around. But it, it's, been, <laughs> it's been pretty much retired. Well, I have this thing. Uh, also, I'm a surfer, avid surfer as well. And I've got a pretty good collection of both skateboards and surfboards. And I've got one that my father-in-law gave me that was from the 70s. Wow. Um, and, you know, I've had people try to buy that thing off me for, for thousands of dollars. It's a, it's, a, it's a real good one. And um, I've got this thing that if you don't use them, at least every now and again, they kind of lose their spirit. Uh, <laughs> no, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They're, they're, they're built to be skated. Yeah, so you can take it for a roll every now and again. Yeah, I've got a few old Sims boards that I take out for a bit of a skate every now and then just to uh, yeah. breathe a bit more life into them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's weird, but it's, you know, I, I just think it's something fun anyway. They were built to ride, so. Yeah, I used to have a big yeah. skateboard collection and yeah. I'd always steer clear of buying like those 
you know, perfect old boards that had never been skated because I just knew I'd skate them and I'd kind of like ruin it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I always collected boards that had a bit of uh, sort of love already built into them, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that for sure. Uh, so you started in graphics design is that right or yeah that's graphics? right yeah yeah wow yeah and that was a yeah, that was a long time ago yeah so you went like sort of uh digital graphics adobe and then you landed yourself in the usa is that the yep. the progress yeah that's that's pretty much it's been a bit of a journey for me actually every now and again i i kind of reflect upon that um and you know i i kind of I've never really had a solid plan for what my career was going to be, um, and I really have, you know, followed my heart on on what I really, really have have wanted to do over over the years. Um, and it started really, at, really at high school, and I was studying um, studying graphic design and art, actually fine art um, at that point, because it's it was then and still is a, a real a real passion of mine, um, and. You know, kind of, as as I was working in graphic design, um, you know, in in the '90s, there, um, you know, and the Apple Mac came out, and I was using a lot of Adobe software like Photoshop and Illustrator, etc. Um, so that kind of really led me into the, you know, that whole world, um, and was um, started my own business, and of course was recognised by Adobe as as being. Um, you know, like pretty good in that field and doing it, um, very good at doing presentations and 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 pretty good with people. So um, you know, they offered me a, a gig out there for sure. And uh, you know, Adobe being a big uh, big old American company, um, relocated me and my family out to to San Jose again in in Silicon Valley, where I where I was happily working as a product manager for uh, for a number of years there. Um, so a, a bit of a strange uh, progression, actually. Um, as I was work, as I was a product manager, I was really dealing a lot with customer experience. I have a lot of a lot of experience talking directly with customers, um, and and when the opportunity came up at Boosted for the director of customer experience, um, you know, and with a skate and and surf background that I had, um, I just I just thought, like, I've got to really give this a good shot because uh, I just think that's a fantastic space to be in. Yeah, um, yeah. technology and, and skateboarding all thrown into one. Why not? Yeah, it is. Yeah. A, it's an amazing time, isn't it, in the industry? Yep. Both computer, sort of technology, and skateboard or transport. I mean, there's just it's all these industries are just merging and you know creating new products it is sort of amazing time absolutely yeah so yeah. with like an interest in art do you think like it's almost time for art to appear on electric skateboards you know like they do on normal skateboards yeah absolutely because... i yeah i think that's um it's it's something that skateboarders have been you know, really fantastic with over the years. You know, like you you have the sponsored riders for you know, like name any brand out there, and um, you know they've always got an interesting take on what their pro deck you know wants to look like. And mm. you know, if you look at Powell for example, which is you know um, was one of my favourite brands uh, growing up. 
of course, the advertising that those guys did was just, you know, kind of next level crazy, but, you know, just super creative, you know, some of the things that um, that those guys were coming out with, you know, not to mention the graphics on, on the decks. Um, so that sort of thing really inspires me, actually. So I think there's, you know, a, a fledgling industry like electric skateboarding, there's so much room to, you know, to sort of develop that, that level of creativity with the product. I suppose that there's just a lot of work goes into the utilitarianism of it, isn't it, at the moment? Like it's, a, it's almost like a utility or like an electric skateboard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think things start off that way, don't they? Like, yeah. you know, a car or a motorbike, it's like how do we build this thing that's going to do the job it's designed for? And then now how do we make it look beautiful, you know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> First of all, how do we race them and then how do we make it look So you have mentioned racing and I love racing, especially skateboard yep. racing. Do you yep. think Boosted would ever get into electric skateboard racing or do you think that's something they'd steer clear of? That's so funny because, you know, we get so many calls and emails that, that come in um, into the office here. And actually really early on when I first started here, there was a couple of local guys that really wanted to host a, you know, a, a race around in, in San Francisco. And that's, that's kind of cool with us. Um, but it's a bit weird with electric vehicles because, you know, the kind of, you cap them at a certain speed, you know, mm. at some point. It, it goes 22, so if you've got, you know, or 24 or whatever it is. So, you know, you've got a bunch of guys just kind of hitting the gas at full speed. You're going to get there at the same time, and the smallest guy probably wins, you know. So um, that's a bit weird. So then it comes down a little bit, I guess, to skill. So you've got to set up a course where, you know, like it's difficult terrain, I guess, to get around. So okay. I think that's kind of fun. It's not something that we've really considered hosting per se, but, you know, if, if people want to do that, then I think that's super awesome. But there's sort of like, uh, you know, car, the car industry is involved in Formula One. You know, there's like Honda engines yeah. and that sort of thing. They could be sort of like, you know, boosted sort of technology on a, like a hybrid sort of race board to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Technology. I know if I I know if I walk downstairs right now um, and spoke to at least a couple of the engineers that I know, they would just be you know all all in on that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Absolutely all in. It's it's not it's not something I would never say never on for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah the same they they just love it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I deal with um, uh, I deal with Bathurst Council and. Um, you know, we've been doing a race on Mount Panorama, racing down Mount Panorama for 10 years. And when I, I, I won the downhill race, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yep. when I spoke to them last year, the end of last year, we were sort of just doing the wrap up and I was speaking to council and so forth. And when I mentioned to them that, you know, electric skateboard racing, because they've never really got skateboard racing because yep. they are a motor racing town. But as soon yep. as I mentioned, electric skateboards and like an electric vehicle and racing that yep. all their ears pricked up their eyes were like they go now this is the type of racing we understand and it's funny <laughs> there's there's already people within bathurst talking yep. about what will electric electric racing you know will be coming 
And yeah. what's that going to look like in the future? Is it going to be electric boards or electric skateboards? Uh, it's it's interesting. Cars, motorbikes, yeah. They, yeah. They can do it. Yep. I mean, yep. we've thought about it, but it's obviously our thought is how does the skater stay on a skateboard that could yep. be going up a hill and very fast? Yeah. You know, will a skateboarder want to lock themselves into the board like a snowboarder? You know what I mean? Like because yeah, it like gets to the, the point of if you have this fast acceleration, how do they stay on the board? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so I guess I guess once you you know once you're getting that fast, yeah, how how do you how do you stay on it when you hit the gas? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, anyway, it's an interesting. I mean, I've, I've ridden some pretty fast ones um, uh, that are not what we would call our um, you know our retail models where I was testing stuff out. <laughs> yes, the sort of prototype. Yeah, and they can go pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think, uh, I mean, we'll do one at, at Newton's one day, which is just a little like a demo race. Because, I mean, we skate down it, but there's no reason why we can't skate up it. So you know, yeah. we might do yeah. it one day, see what happens. I think there's a lot of the downhill skateboard guys that are very interested in it because uh, I suppose they're just looking for different ways to race. It's one of, the, it's one of my, my favourite things about riding an electric board is, is actually going uphill at speed. Um, I think it's one of the it's one of the weirdest and, and funnest sensations. Um, it's something really different, um, and and the feeling of actually carving up and if it's a nice smooth road, carving up the hill on a nice smooth road, is uh, it's pretty unique and, and yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's like yeah. a sense of satisfaction as well. Yeah, it's very satisfying. Yeah, it is yeah. very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I otherwise would have been walking up this. Yeah, way. yeah. No, it's a it's a very weird experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. great. But yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting concept. It's something that you know definitely some of our customers have have mentioned to us, and I think you know if we had, I mean, the guys here are just you know working their tails off, mm. um, you know, twenty four seven, and you know when we get a bit of breathing room. You know, maybe this is something that we can, you know, we can really focus on in the future. We get a bit bigger, and you know, um, get a little bit more yeah. time on our hands. So, yeah, I think yep. it's it's something that will evolve. You know what I mean? Evolve into what will it'll be what it will be. Yeah. You know, like someone. I think there's already people doing small races. Like you said, it could be over a course. I think I seen yep. one where they took over a BMX track and. Did stuff, so I think it will be just one of those things where people that have these type of boards, you know, will evolve into something, and you know, we'll see where it goes. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's it it is it it, it you know, there's different form factors that develop over time, and it is something that that I'm really interested in is how various different form factors of vehicles have developed over time. Mm. And I watch and read quite a few different things, you know, from cars to motorbikes. There's a pretty good documentary about um, Indian and Harley Davidson and how, how those two uh, companies had a pretty good rivalry over the years from when they first invented motorbikes. Um, and racing was a big part of that, you know. Um, yeah. And there was a few different kind of types of races 
that people were inventing during that period, you know, whether it was on a like a velodrome type course or you know whatever it was, those things developed over time. So, um, what was entertaining for people to watch, uh, what was useful for the companies, you know, as they were marketing their products, that all sort of plays into it. Mm. Yep. I, I think it would be interesting to have a race to see how far. Do you remember in Australia they used to have the solar challenge? Used to go across Australia. Yeah, from Alice Springs down to Adelaide, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting yeah, to do yeah. something like that on electric skateboards to see how far people can push their electric skateboard. Like you before know. it fell apart or ran out of battery. Yeah, I'm just sure. run out of battery. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could do it through a desert, so there's like incentive to you know make sure your skateboard goes at least you know a certain distance. Yeah. But yeah, you just like strap a few of those solar panels on, just keep it charging as you go. <laughs> solar panels on the helmet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, boosted boards, do you have a team? Like, when I mean team, I mean I know you have like a, a team of employees and so forth, but do you have a team of riders? Is oh, a team some... of riders, yeah, yeah. Like, do you, uh, is, that, is that such a thing? So it's it's a really uh, that's another great question, James. You're on, you're on it today, and uh, these are sort of things that I that I think about a little bit myself, actually. So what what would what is a what is an electric skateboard team, um, and who should these people be, and you know what is their daily life, you know, yeah. or, you know if, if they're if if they're part if they're part of that team. Um, so really good question. We have. Um, currently a notion of boosted ambassadors uh, around the US and actually around the world now. Um, okay. Essentially these folks are, are people that we, you know, we give incentives to and, you know, we provide them with equipment, boards, uh, etc. Um, and th they in turn help host, you know, different events and group rides and all the rest of it. Um, so we, we've hand picked a whole bunch of folks that are in in that category some of them have you know really fantastic skateboard backgrounds from you know um, uh, longboarding downhill racing etc there's a lot of folks that fall into that category that are ambassadors for us some of them are uh, an ambassador for us um, uh, Lotfi uh, from France for example who's a fantastic long longboard dancer um, is also, you know, a boosted ambassador as well. Um, through to just, um, you know, people that are just super stoked on the product and are, and are helping us out. Generally, they're they're a very good skateboarder. So, are they? Yeah. It's more like an influencers, like uh, like a team of influencers, or yeah, is that something different? A little bit different. So, we do have then a whole host of influencers as 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 well. So, um, you know, like. Uh, we we have you know like uh, Casey Neistat's obviously you know one our biggest influencer and has been uh, since day one huge YouTuber you know um, millions of followers there so he would fall into the category of you know like our kingpin influencer for sure uh, but we have uh, um, a lot of those folks and we've kind of vet them out pretty carefully um, who who they are. Um, and um, but I that's suppose he can't bit... stop copycat influencers. I mean, everyone wants to be like Casey yeah. Neistat. Well, not everyone, but there's he has a lot of people that 
follow his style sort of thing. So you must have, that must yeah. be a, a hard email to reply to. It, it's every day. It really is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of the team that, that we have here um, that are in the Stoke team, we call them the Stoke team. Um, we hire we hire people with you know a great amount of empathy, um, so that you know and good humour. So we try and look after our customers as best we can, and so it's a really difficult one to answer. You know, a, a teenage a teenage kid who, who just wants a, a free board to say you know oh, you know we can't give away board to everyone that emails in because that's fifty people a day. You know, so <laughs> we'd be we'd be flat broke by now. So. Uh, uh, for sure, but you know we love the emails and we love hearing from everyone. But uh, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a challenging one for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, we want everyone, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I I actually wrote that in a uh, a sponsored blog post once that you know if everyone was sponsored, then no one would buy the product and <laughs> sort of defeats the purpose of the business. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of does a little bit, but bless bless their hearts, they uh, they keep trying, so that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, when Boosted develops a new product, yep. then how, who, who tests the product? Because in a normal skateboard company or a longboard company, you sort of have this team of riders yep. and you develop a new board, new trucks, wheels. You sort of give yep. it to the team. They sort of give feedback. So what does Boosted do? Ah, this is, a, this is a, one of my favourite questions. I love this. So we have a crack force of board, <laughs> board crack force, a crack military force of board corpus <laughs> over here. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about uh, a little bit about that. A lot of the folks that that, that work here are, 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 are have been and, and still are, are skateboarders. The engineers in, in in particular, a couple of guys in in the CS team are as well. Um, and maybe I can share you know some of their. Um, some of their Instagrams with you, or some YouTube videos after. I, I don't, I don't know if, if, if that's of interest, but um, yeah, yeah. You know, these guys are these guys are killer, um, and and they just love working here because you know who wouldn't want to, you know, work in the industry, you know, of a of a sport that you really love, um, you know, and put me in that bucket as well. Uh, but when I first moved out to the US, I was talking about my son a little bit earlier. Um, he, he developed a love for skateboarding really, really early on. So when we moved to California, I said, mate, you know, we were talking about moving over um, and, you know, whether whether our kids were into it. And I said, these guys have got skate parks everywhere. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. And that kind of, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for sure. So we went to local skate park over here at Sunnyvale and there's a fellow over there teaching lessons. Um, uh, his name is Josh. Uh, Belog and we became uh, very good friends um, uh, through he he doing he was doing lessons for James. He's a um, he's a pro skater. He's been teaching lessons for a, uh, for a long time. He was riding for uh, for Yuka at the at the time um, and um, Ace Trucks and you know a, a couple of other uh, places. So um, that was when I was working for Adobe and you know I kept in contact with Josh and when I started here. Um, I was like Josh, you know, I'd really love, I'd really love you to come over if you're open to a, a full-time gig. Uh, come over because I want you to be our, our lead tester. And this guy is, uh, you know, he's he's an animal on a, on a skateboard. I tell you. 
Um, and so he's our lead tester. He came over and joined the joined the company a little while ago. Before he started, he came and just did, did some contract work for us. Um, and Josh has a lot of contacts of you know really really good skate skateboarders. So when we when we go to start testing new products, he's on it, and we've got five you know other guys, his buddies that come in and just thrash them. You know, uh, put them through the paces, come back in, and give all of that feedback to. Uh, engineering on what's working and not what's not working. Downhill, in a skate park, through car parks, through the city, pretty much everywhere and they put thousands of uh, miles on whatever it is, you know, whatever component it is that they're testing and, and trying to break. So on top of that we have then um, quality engineers that work here in Mountain View and we have a, we have a um, what do you call it? A, a big moving crate. You know, what are those shipping containers? Oh yeah. It's decked out. That's soundproofing. That's called the torture chamber here. <laughs> and basically, we we torture boards in that for um, days and days on end uh, to see how they hold up to certain different uh, circumstances. So, you know, the ride performance, the feel, and the durability, all of that, we get the feedback from you know the protest riders uh, as well as various staff, um, and then. Just that, you know, repetitive, a very focused testing on on the products before we put them out as managed by our, you know, our quality engineers here in Mountain View. And is part of all that like some type of like secrecy, like they're not allowed to reveal what they're testing, that sort of thing? I mean, yeah. do you, it does Booster go down that route like Apple? You know, like we don't release before we release the product. That's right. Pretty so, much. And yeah. <laughs> I, I only say that because when yeah. Gen 3 came out, it, yeah. I don't know, I wasn't following, like I wasn't following eSkate like yeah. on a daily basis, but it sort of surprised me when it came out. I mean, yeah. was that the purpose or, or was yeah, I so just we, out of the loop? No, we, we, no, we, really, uh, we really try and, um, you know, sort of keep things under wraps as much as we can. Um, uh, before we release it, we want to make sure that um, you know everything is is up to snuff before we before we push it out the door. Um, I think you know setting the right expectations you know um, is a difficult thing with a small company. You know, so if you come out and announce something ahead of time and you know you can't quite get it right because of a quality issue, then people are you know kind of disappointed and and, and rightly so. So. Um, we've had challenges in the past with with quality that have held up held, held us up from delivering things. I mean, we don't want to push something out the board that's not quite fully baked out the door that's not fully baked yet. Uh, that's part of the reason for doing that for sure. So when you're developing products, it, you never get like the influencers or the team involved. They're sort of they come in later. Yeah, they come in later. So there's definitely a few people that we will give when we're ready that we'll give advanced samples or prototypes to to provide feedback for us. Uh, but usually at that stage we're fully baked on the design um, and we're we're swinging into you know kind of execution mode on it and we're just hoping that you know we we at that stage we, we're not discovering anything uh, too bad with it. But um, uh, and we 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 normally don't. Um, Sometimes we'll 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 um, 
take a, a few units of you know whatever it is around to press and give them a preview look at it under embargo. So you know, like, hey guys, you can you can have a look at it. We'll we'll give you a you know a sense of what's going on, um, uh, and then you know it all under um, all under non-disclosure, and then you know like here's the date that we're releasing. So, and um, is there a lead designer? Like a lot of companies have lead designers. Does Boosted have that? Yeah, we do. Yep. So you have yep. one person that sort of um, influences, I suppose, the style and the design. The aesthetic, yeah. The aesthetic. The aesthetic of it. There's two guys that work very closely together um, uh, on our uh, industrial design for sure. Because I mean, Gen Three was definitely a design, a new direction in design. For sure. That yep. that was done on obviously on purpose. Yep. And that's yep. like going because it, it almost seems, I don't know, that it's uh, gone more towards a, I don't know, sort of more industrial. No, not industrial. I don't know really how to say it. It's sort of um, it gone away from more natural products. Like the board has gone towards more of like a fiberglass composite. Is a that composite? Sort of, yep. Is, is that something that the company's now? going to move in towards or you think you'll go back towards that sort of bamboo sort of product later? It's it's something that um, I've spoken about with our industrial designers and, and also with John Ullman around um, an authentic use of, of materials. So if we're going to use um, bam, bamboo on the deck, we're going to show bamboo and it's going to be bamboo all the way through from front, front to back. Right. If we're going to use a, a composite, um, you know, construction with fiberglass, e etc., um, we're not going to try and hide that by putting a veneer or anything over it and pass it off as something that it's not. Sure. Uh, we're going to be using, you know, the right materials to, you know, to perform the job uh, that we want it to perform, uh, and that was really important for us when we we're making that uh, decision of which way to go uh, with the materials on there. Um, you know, let's not try and hide what it is, you know, it is what it is for a very specific reason um, and, you know, let's let's kind of embrace that um, in everything we do. So, yeah, you'll never find us, you know, putting a veneer over something or, or whatever it is. And the way that that sort of comes out in the, in the, in the design and the shape, etc., um, is, is, um, like a little bit of a product of those of those those material choices as well, I think. Um, and now that we have that, you know, that composite, um, that composite material, um, you know, we can we can color it and shape it any any way we like, really. So, what do you think came first with Gen Three, the material or the design? Uh, I th I think it was the design. Right. Okay. Yeah, and then it was like okay, like. Why, why, why are we, why are we making this change? Because we're we're moving to manufacturing our own own deck. The only reason that we could come up with to to want to do that was the fact that we really wanted this thing to be specifically an electric skateboarding deck yeah. um, and solve some of the problems um, that come along with retrofitting, you know, a traditional longboard deck, which have the channels built into it. Have all of the mounting screws, you know, reinforced where things need to be attached to it, mm. um, 
make sure it's you know set up for longevity. So if you're gonna if you're gonna ram this thing into a into a curve doing 22 miles an hour, that it's gonna hold up to that. You know, not every longboard in the market is set up, you know, to hurl someone 22 miles an hour for you know. Yeah. 1,500 kilometers in a year, you know, yeah. so we really designed for that. And do you think, was there a feeling within the company when Gen 3 came that this is a big risk? We're like, because it did seem like a big shift in the company that this is like the new boosted, like, or was it just, no, this is the future. This is just, yeah. this is, that just a natural progression. It wasn't a risk at all. Yeah, I actually think there was a little bit of risk mitigation in there. Okay. Um, so, you know, we could really control the quality um, and know that there were no weak points in that, you know. Mm. So we really have our finger on the manufacturing process, who's doing what, what the quality of it and what the design is. So, you know, where it needs to be, you know, have structural integrity, it's got it, you know, um, and, you know, because we put it there. Um, and then, we, you know, we can control that. Um, uh, you know, with a, with a great level of detail. So actually, a lot of de-risk in 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 moving to that for sure. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. So yeah. what happens at Boosted if their customers give you feedback, or how does that work? Then, I mean, you monitor that, and then that goes back to engineers or back to manufacturing. Is there a process involved in that? Absolutely, that's a big part of my role as being the voice of of the customer here. So. Um, I think out of the entire company, uh, me and my team talk, well, we definitely talk to the most amount of customers, thousands of them, um, and I will I will gather all of that feedback actually sometimes when it's offered up, um, you know, via phone or via email. Um, any particular trends are always brought to my attention um, and any particular standout customers, you know, with really great feedback is always brought uh, to my attention as well, but I also actively go and seek it as well. So I will go and you know assemble various people um, and ask them a bunch of questions, etc. You know about a particular topic. Um, another one of the hats I wear is actually um, coming from the software world. I've been managing the Boosted app uh, for a while, so I have a panel of uh, beta testers that help me out with the app and feedback on on features, etc. That they'd like to they'd like to see there because uh, it's really uh, you know you've got a you've got a pretty high power computer on wheels there so you know yeah. what can we take advantage of um, uh, in that regard as well um, very regularly I present to um, our executive leadership team here um, on what we're seeing from the customers and what about the controller does that get like uh, that that's something that evolves or gets changed over time the uh, oh, the remote control you mean? Yeah, the remote control. Yeah, the biggest the biggest change we had in the remote control was actually from Gen Generation One to Generation Two, um, which was to move to a much more powerful Bluetooth connection uh, between you know the board and the remote. Um, and since we had uh, the Generation Two boards come out, uh, that remote has been you know really rock solid. Yeah, I think um, I think if you ask just about anyone. Uh, who's who's ridden an electric skateboard? And you you pop them on a on a boosted board. They're like, yeah, it's you know you press that you press that uh, trigger and uh, off you go, and it's extremely reliable. 
And do you think that's stopped evolving? Do you think that's where it's going to be? Or do you think Boosted might like uh, add more features into something like that? Or do you think if you add more features, the functionality sort of uh, diminishes? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good question, James. First of all, I'll say that um, Boosted aren't going to stop evolving. Uh, so we've got we've got uh, a lot of things in in the hopper uh, to be excited about um, uh, for sure. So um, for me to think that um, everything's or anything is going to stay as it is over the coming years, I think um, I, I I wouldn't think that for sure. There's always room for improvement. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there was a lot of um, well, it got announced at the end of last year that Booster got. Um, you know, uh, another big round of funding and so forth. And yeah, there has right. been sort of yeah. talk or PR coming out of, you know, future products. We've seen a few e-skate companies get into scooters. So, uh, I mean, can you talk about that sort of thing? Is Booster going to, like, make better skateboards or get into different products? Well, a couple of questions there. Yeah. So yeah, we we uh, we closed our Series B funding with uh, sixty million dollars. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting uh, for everyone around here. So we, you know we're pretty amped about like uh, about that hiring like crazy, putting on some you know some fantastic new people into the company. So many new faces around. I've been introducing myself just to someone new just about every day. So that's um, uh, that's that's pretty awesome. I can't comment specifically about any new product and what that or, or, or may not be. Uh, but to think we're not working on some new things would, would be a little naive, I think. Yeah, because yeah. Booster does have a bit of a reputation, doesn't it? I mean, they are like the, they seem a bit of the cool kid on the block. Yep. I mean, does that come into play when you think about new products? Like, you know, you don't want to like uh, the product has to have a certain amount of cred, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. So um, everyone around here, you know, just wants to build the best things. You know, we want to we, we wanna build a quality product that our customers love. And we often talk about um, a boosted smile or a boosted grin or a boosted, boosted excitement. You yeah. know, the first time you, you, you get on, on an on a boosted board and you hit that throttle and it takes you off. I think you would almost need to be a robot to not smile or giggle or laugh or something like that because it gives you that little bit of a thrill, even on beginner mode, you know, and it stays there even when you, you know, you're hitting, you're hitting, you know, like stealth mode and you, you know, you're kind of ripping around the streets doing 24 miles an hour. You can't help but grin, you know. Uh, so anything we build, anything we're working on, we want that same feeling to come with it. Yeah, I listened to a James Altucher podcast with uh, Kai-Fu Lee interview, and he was talking about Chinese startups, how yep. they he was likening them to like gladiator battles where only one can survive. So they go into a market and they basically just keep changing their business model, changing their pro until there's one winner, and then <laughs> it's almost like that winner then goes into a different market and then it just plays out all over again. So do you think Boosted's a bit like that? I mean, you guys have dominated eSkate. It's time to get into 
another market and fight it out? Do you guys think like that? <laughs> I don't know we think like that. No, no. We just want to build some really, you know, you know, what we build, we want to build the best of it. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, so, but that's, I don't know that we, we think like gladiators really, although uh, that's kind of a fun way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> so what what is, I mean, things must influence products that get developed. So, I yeah. mean, I look at uh, within Australia that, you know, the building of bike paths and like, I suppose, separate areas away from like cars on the roads and so forth that I see that sort of thing as that's like a big future for vehicles that are allowed to go on there, but you know, uh, safe to go in there. Like I suppose skateboards, scooters, um, just normal longboards or skateboards, bikes, that sort of thing. Does yeah. that come into play with boosted? Like what you see around the world? Yeah, for sure. So there's, there's a lot of things that really, um, that really, we we like to think of ourselves as a, as an industry leader for for sure, and that that light electric vehicle space is is it. Um, and quite often times, depending on the city or the country, it's a grey area whether that you know whether that electric you know board can can go in the bike lane. Where where does it really belong? Uh, when the first um, model boosted boards came out in California. Um, it wasn't strictly legal uh, to ride them around, and that's that's been changed. Uh, so now there are, there, you know, it is legal to ride the electric skateboard around. Um, you're supposed to be on the street or in the bike path, path with it, uh, not on the footpath or the or the pavement. Um, uh, what do you what do you what do they call it over here? The sidewalk. Sidewalk. Um, yeah. yeah, the sidewalk. Um, so yeah, those those rules are, are developing over time. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, um, Bobby, who's our events coordinate, coordinator here, flew over to Germany just for the day to participate in an electric vehicle um, day. They yeah, blocked I saw off, that. Yeah, one of the main streets there, and Bobby rode along there with uh, with the police escort through, and they they managed to change the rules there as well. You know, with a whole host of different companies. Um, uh, present, so that's that's how you know kind of the world is changing there, uh, one country, one state at a time. Um, but I think people realise that you know it's a really viable solution for you know commuters and and just getting around that you know is um, you know just pulling off these huge you know cars off the road and just giving everyone a little bit of freedom and fun back. Um, with a lighter vehicle is uh, is definitely a way to go for sure. Yeah, I know. I have noticed that in Australia that a, there's a lot of e-skate that people are using it for that last mile. So yeah. there's there's obviously a trend of moving further out into the cities. You know, especially a lot of young people moving into sort of more regional areas, but then catching trains into the city to work. And I suppose that last mile to work or that last mile home, that's where yep. they're doing that e-commuting, which is kind of yep. interesting. It's just so liberating, you know, and then, you know, it's it's something that I do regularly. Um, I ride aboard every single day. Um, as a matter of fact, when I started at Boost, I sold my car. I didn't need it anymore. <laughs> that's um, awesome. Uh, which is, that's not a company not policy, is it? Is that what no. they force you to do that? It's a policy that I inflicted upon myself. Um, 
Uh, and I thought, yeah, I just sell this car. I don't need it anymore uh, because I've got this awesome skateboard. And uh, what a lot of fun, you know. And it's so it's so liberating to get around that to get around that way. You not um, you never get stopped by traffic. Uh, you never run. You know, like you're not spending tens of thousands of dollars on on this car that you just don't need. Yeah. You know. So with a family, you don't need two cars. You just need one. You know, if you're going to go on holidays or whatever, and even then you could rent one. You know, if everyone was, you know, sort of getting around on on something. Um, but yeah, cities like New York, which is probably where we have our biggest customer base, uh, New York City, people don't have cars there, and they're yeah. just ripping around on skateboards. I've visited there a few times and ridden with our customers. It's so much fun. Yeah, I feel when you're on an electric skateboard or on a skateboard or a longboard, you're part of the environment you sort of got this connection and you're sort of it feels like you're going through the environment well when you're in your car it's almost like this is my personal room that i'm just taking to another spot you're sort of like enclosed in a capsule you're not sort of part of the environment exactly yeah you don't get to experience the city or your surroundings like you would if you were you know um out there walking or, or running or Riding an electric skateboard, so um, um, I I had a, a a short career as a marathon runner there for a little while, and it's the same feeling. You know, you you get to cover a lot of territory, and you get to experience and see things that most people don't get to experience and see when you're out there. Mm. Yep. So, do you guys keep a list of rules and regulations or laws around the world? We definitely keep an eye on you know what's happening where uh, because there's just so many variables. Whenever we're talking to customers and they say, "Oh, is this legal in my town?" You know, <laughs> our counsel is normally you should really check with your local authorities before you do anything. You yeah. know, uh, because we we just simply do not have the capacity to track you know every city and every town. Um, uh, that that would be. Um, that would be a, a really huge task for us right now. Um, and as, as one of like, you know, the number one or one of the, the leading electric skateboard companies, yep. uh, is there a organization or something? I mean, to, I suppose that an advocacy group, is it? Is there an advocacy group for electric skateboarding? Or no, vehicles not, that or not that I'm aware of, although we have been called upon, you know, a few times, um, you know, to have input into very, definitely in California when um, when those uh, bills were being passed for electric vehicles. Yeah. Um, um, you know, our executive team were, were really involved and asked to come and, you know, do some presentations for that. Uh, is there an advocacy group? None, none that I'm aware of. That's not to say that there isn't one. But I'm, I'm sure just, there is, but yeah. I was just interested whether... Like, I mean, is that boosted? Are they thinking about that sort of thing? Because, I mean, obviously, I I mean, boosted must seem the same thing, that we're just on the tip of the iceberg of the yeah. industry, that, yeah. you know, if there's small issues now with, um, like, laws and so forth, they're just going to magnify, so. Yeah, yeah. I think we've definitely got some great precedent with, you know, what what's happened out here, and it is something that we're very conscious about for sure. Yeah, and what yeah. about the speed of the of the actual electric skateboards? Like, is that is it 
you mentioned 22 miles an hour. I mean, is that like by law or is that just something that the industry's come up with or is that just a boosted limitation? That's, um, that's something that we have come up with for, there's different modes there. So, you know, beginner mode, you know, right through to, um, you know, expert and pro mode. Um, it, it's somewhat uh, limited and limited both by, um, you know, what is safe and, and sane, you know, uh, yeah. to ride at. So um, definitely you can make electric skateboards that go faster um, but should should you do that, you know, um, for uh, you know for the general population, um, uh, I don't I don't know uh, that that's you know the right thing to do. Um, and then of course there's the whole legality of it. Um, but I often think about think about it in this way. So my car can definitely uh, exceed the speed limit that's set down for the um, uh, freeways as as most most cars do. But knowing what the speed limits are and sticking to them, I think the onus is definitely there on the rider. Mm. Uh, we always encourage our our customers to be safe and respectful wherever they're going. Just be really good ambassadors for the new form factor for sure. And I, I see this a lot of, uh, um, you must see it, it must be a, a large part of your your uh, seeing of new customer experiences and so forth. That That is a big thing of people that haven't skateboarded before, yep. how long will it take me to learn how to skateboard? And it's it surprises me how quickly people pick it up. Do you see that as well? Yeah, it's really exciting, uh, isn't it? Because yeah. it's I feel like we we first of all we're introducing brand new people to the sport, and I've actually seen quite a few customers like start with an electric skateboard and then you know develop a real interest in other forms of skateboarding as well. Like yeah, hey, you I've know, like yeah, yeah. I went and bought this other skateboard because now I, you know, like I want to kick push around with my dog or you know whatever it is. And the other thing that's happened, and 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 a little bit with me as well, um, is guys that used to do skateboarding. Yeah. You know, that like oh, I used to. So many times I hear from guys, you know, kind of my age or, or around about that's that are like, oh yeah, I used to ride a skateboard when I was, you know, rah rah rah. I had this one. Um, and now, you know, I've got my passion for it back. Uh, and that's really cool. I love it. Yeah. Do you think, yeah. uh, I mean, I've talked to a lot of different people in the skateboard and longboard industry about this, but do you think like that they are skateboarders or longboarders or do you think like e-skate will have their own, they're going to be e-skaters? Like do, does Booster think about that sort of thing? I think about it. Uh, for sure, and I think if, I think a few of us do. Um, so they're not really like the the mini, for example. It's not really designed to kind of get super radical on, you know. So um, you could take it to the skate park and you could pop it out of a bowl or or do you know do whatever. I've seen people kick flip them. Um, I've seen people acid drop into a bowl on them. Do, you know, do some <laughs> do some kind of really crazy stuff. It's not really designed for that. It's designed to to get you around in a really kind of fun way. Um, so, is a skateboarder, a, you know, a, is it a skateboarder? Yeah, I think I think a skateboarder. I would consider, you know, that. Um, I mean, I, I ride a skateboard at a park or or whatever. 
Um, and I would use the, the boosted board as a form of transportation, a form of you know, really fun transportation. Um, whereas I would use my, you know, my other board to really just have fun on, you know. Um, and you could use a long board, you know, you know, as a as a kind of a commuter tool. Um, so I think it I think it is if I were a skateboarder, this would be my favorite form of transportation, for sure. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really difficult one. And it's one thing I think the culture of electric skateboarding is going to develop over time as it has with various different types of skateboarding, whether it be freestyle, downhill, longboard dancing, or, you know, just riding a popsicle stick, you're doing, you know, street skating or vert skating. They all develop their own sort of subculture, I guess, and I think it's yeah. just another one of those. Do you think Boosted, would Boosted do collabs in the... In the future, that's a big thing in the skateboard industry. You know, doing collabs with sort of uh, other designers or other like uh, companies or fashion. Would Boosted do that sort of thing? I don't know that I've heard any sort of scuttlebutt um, about that around the hallways here at Boosted. Again, this is another one of those never say never ones. Though, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think I I just get the feeling that you guys are so busy just designing products and coming out with new stuff. It's just like like, we just don't have time for that. Yes, I mean, so many good ideas that we'd love to do. Yeah, that is definitely, I would definitely say that, yeah. I remember yeah. speaking to the Sector 9 guys because at one stage they were owned by Billabong. Billabong uh, had, like, obviously, like, a big uh, apparel business, you know, the distribution. I remember saying to them, like, you could just do so many good T-shirts and, you know, this whole other side of the business and they were just like we just we just don't have time for that <laughs> it, it really just got down to yeah we know but it yeah. just you know it's just one of those things that yeah we'll get around to it one day you know oh yeah 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 it's it's and and it's a little bit frustrating because there's so many things that i would love to do i'm a little bit of a excitable character um, so yeah, you know, when I hear a good idea, I think of something good. I want to get into it right away. Um, but you know, I guess you have to you have to kind of pick them off one at a time as uh, as you go. Yeah, I'm going to ask again. You probably won't, uh, or you probably won't uh, give me anything. But that's all right. That, like, so technology going forwards. Like, do you think Boosted's going to focus more on like their motor? and the belts or batteries or being more water resistant or is it just do you have broad areas like that that you develop into yeah there's a it's a it's a really good question but we have we have a really good engineering team um, with people that are specifically focused on on all of those areas and more um, so you know we have we have Engineering specialists that work here out of, out of Mountain View that are that are really focused on on um, both new product as well as improving what what we have um, uh, uh, currently. So we we do have um, you know an ethos here of it's not finished. You know, so yeah. when we when we release a product, um, it's there's there's no reason. Why we can't make improvements if improvements need to be made or can be made, mm. um, and and we we will always do that. I feel like the skateboard industry is a little bit 
further along than that where the skateboard deck is the skateboard deck and like new materials come and go but they're almost like a bit of a fad and yeah. they then have now focused on other things like art and fashion that sort of thing uh I feel like the e-skate, it's just starting out. So it's just like, like we said before, there's just no time for, you know, like the, uh, the icing on top of the cake. Yeah, you know what I think for me, um, uh, something that I was really pleased with actually here um, was when we released the, the, mini, um, the mini boards. And the shape of that that mini board, you know, I know we were talking about, you know, right at the start, we were talking about, um, what do we call them, the money bumps? Or, yeah, the money bumps. The 80s, 80s boards. That thing um, was uh, Levi, who's um, our, our lead industrial designer here, was really inspired by those 80s boards. As a matter of fact, I bought a bunch in, you know, to kind of share with him. Um, you know, we've got so many skateboards in this place, you, you wouldn't believe it. But I, you know, uh, and that's why my psycho sticks in the office actually, because I bought that one in to show him, you know, the kind of ludicrousy of of what was going on there. Um, and he was really inspired by those eighties eighties boards. And we've got like an eleven inch wide kind of deck on that thing. Um, so I'm really excited to, you know, a, as you talk about how the industry and the shapes evolve over time. I'm really pleased that we started off with that shape, yeah. Um, because you know it's a it's a solid foundation, and it has been a solid foundation for a lot of different short shortboard shapes um, over the years. I know they're kind of just about settled on a on a popsicle stick shape now, but this is really a really a different form factor and a different use case. So you know, as we progress over the years, is that the right thing? Does you know, does the tail need to be a little wider, or does the nose need to be a little wider for some reason? You know, so uh, I'll be excited to see how that develops over the years too. The the mini really was that a surprise? How popular that mini has become, and a lot of people no. have said that it's their <laughs> favourite boosted. I mean, did that surprise boosted, or did they sort of know? No, we knew. We, we knew people would like that because we'd heard it over and over and over yeah. again. As a matter of fact, um, uh, back in the day, um, we had a couple of uh, pro skaters uh, with longboards, Andy McDonald uh, being one of them. Okay. So Andy, you know, the uh, vert skater. Yep. Um, a good friend of Boosted, we love Andy, uh, was on us for years. Make me a short board with a kicktail. Make me a short board with a kicktail. <laughs> Um, and so we finally did it. He loves that thing. Uh, he was up here just before Christmas. I was, you know, I was lucky enough to go for a ride with him ar ar around Mountain View on it. I mean, he rips on it. It's so fun. But he will not set foot on <laughs> on one of the longboards. You know, I'm like, hey, Andy, try this. He's like, no way, Mike. I like this thing. So uh, uh, he's a he's a great guy, great um, great great friend of Boosted and. Um, so, you know, hearing from him and just so many other customers that I spoke to, we knew we knew it was going to be popular. It's been really, really popular, uh, but we knew it was going to be a popular uh, board. Uh, I mean, I've, I've noticed that trend in longboarding where the decks are getting smaller. It's sort of like, you know, what we used to think was a, a short longboard, you know, 40 inch or 41 inch is now just like, you know, a big tanker. Yeah. Uh, do you think that trend's going to continue in Eastgate? Do you see that? that? Um, maybe. You know, one of the things one of the things that I enjoy about the longboard shape 
uh, that we have, and even a little bit wider than what we used to have with you know with the generation two, is it has a certain amount of um, safety and stability with it, particularly in the city. So right. I mean, riding around riding around in in Mountain View on the Mini is really cool, and you can kick turn around. But when you've got a you know kind of haul ass through San Francisco, um, you hit like the roads are terrible. You're hitting train tracks and tram tracks all, all of the time. That thing just holds up like a, you know, like a, like a champion. Um, so I really like that bigger form factor for that. Um, so you know, and, and it's and it's pretty robust for that. Uh, so to shrink that down or refine it a little bit might be a step in the wrong direction for a long board. Yeah, for, think, for, the, for the longer board. Yeah. Do you think about your like the skater persona, like your custom base when you're designing stuff? Like, do you think, oh, when you talked about that old school shape and yep. you've also said there's obviously a big market for e-skate of people that used to skate getting back in. I mean, do you think that's a conscious decision? Hey, if we make sort of a more 80s, it'll appeal to that uh, old skater getting back into skating? Or do you think uh, it, it was just a great that. design and let's use it? It was just a great design. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you know, with that design, I mean, we look at it, and you know, if we put, you know, if we if we painted the thing hot pink with lightning bolts on it or whatever, then oh, it's not going to appeal to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to appeal to everyone. Uh, so we you know, that's going to be the soundbite for this podcast now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Who's well, said it, hot pink skateboard coming? <laughs> your PR's I mean, going to melt down your PR uh, person's just going to melt <laughs> it definitely definitely would be me I'd be on that one for sure but um, it might not be for everyone so we try and make it you know a, a broad appeal if we can yeah <laughs> but I mean that must it, that must be coming though soon I mean people I see online all the time people customizing it so I mean there there's definitely a market for different graphics and colors and oh, that for sort sure. of thing I mean yeah 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 I, I know that the skateboard longboard industry has always you know found it hard to you know build stuff for like the female market that you know I mean something that appeals to a guy you know like yep. a skull on their board doesn't really appeal to a woman so do you guys think about that sort of thing yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we look at that. There's a lot of guys uh, that work here. Hope, you know, um, thankfully we're starting to, you know, balance that out a little bit. But you tend to like, you know, the ID guys come around and, you know, with something that's just all blacked out and, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's sick. I want to, you know, I get one of those. But uh, we have to kind of think, you know, that um, it's not just for us. It's, it's, uh, it's for a lot of people out there. So, yeah, I can see that. And there is a, a whole industry that's sort of grown up building accessories for uh, mm. Boosted. Yep. So is Boosted going to move more into that sort of accessory sort of market? I mean, you've got these wheels. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, isn't it, to, yeah. to, see, to see that um, they were kind of spawning all of these different things. It's pretty inspiring, actually, you know, uh, to see it that the people are like, oh wow, you know, I love this thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really cherish it, and anything that comes along, I'm gonna buy it for it. You know, like I'm gonna put, you know, I'm gonna, you know, 
regrip it in whatever or put you know lights on it or, or whatever it is so that that's pretty exciting again it's one of those things that you know like let's focus on it when we can yeah. um, you know if we can but you know I think people people love doing that to their boarders at boards and it's it's not something that's lost on us you know whenever we get a board back in for service you know someone's put stickers on it or something you know they've decorated it in some way which is really cool make it their own you know yeah, yeah. but do you think like boosted will like bring out harder wheels or rain wheels I mean do you guys do a rain wheel we don't do a rain wheel and it's something it's something we're pretty careful about because um, while it might be okay for um, you know an experienced rider with with rain wheels on we really don't encourage people to ride in in the wet you know, we're talking about there's a lot of new riders yeah. uh, that are out there on the boards, and really those conditions are tricky. You know, particularly when you've got so much power um, under your feet, and so you know, really for safety reasons, we don't like to encourage folks to to ride. You know, when it's wet and slick like that, um, it can be it can be really challenging and and um, and and dangerous for sure. Uh, I have seen people, you know, kind of deck it out with some um, um, all-terrain wheels uh, for sure. Uh, for me, I'm not a huge fan of it because, um, yeah, it, it, it can be a bit of a safety concern for sure. Yeah, I suppose you then, yeah, I can see you're selling rain wheels. You're sort of telling people to skate in the rain, which is yeah, you're just adding another, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Boosted really concentrated on the American market when they started, like literally just almost discouraged overseas sales, but now you're going into overseas markets. So yep. does that mean, are you guys going to go through that channel of skate shops or what, what's the plan in the future for like overseas markets? Are you going to do like the distributor skate shop model or is it going to be more like boosted direct? Yeah, so we, we do both. Um, so um, I won't quote how many stores we've got worldwide. I would leave that to Cody, who's our who's our head of sales here here at Boosted, and he's been madly opening up, you know, retail stores um, around the world. Um, and yeah, we do. We're going into a number of different retail retail locations around the world. So um, from the Aussies' point of view, I do know because I've. I personally visited 12 boards in Richmond, yeah. uh, in Melbourne. Yeah, they're a great um, store. Yeah, really great store, really great partner for us. I haven't visited, but I know Skater HQ uh, up there have, have, have our boards there now. Yep. And I think there's a crew. Uh, I know Cody's um, uh, down in Australia with um, uh, Willie, his sidekick at the moment, and I think they're madly rushing around, um, you know, talking to various different um stores down there at the moment I'm not hundred percent sure you know who they all are yet uh, so that's a little bit TBD but yeah we definitely uh, you know love working with our retail partners for sure do you think there'd be a boosted store one day is that something I would love I would love to have a boosted store yeah like a, I mean a, I could see it yeah like a boosted retail store yeah. you, could, you could come in there you could buy a board get some merch all of that stuff be sick yeah do you think discussions that I've had with a few different people are, and I know like it, one particular skate shop owner, he was sort of thinking that he was hoping like electric skateboards would be a bit more 
like servicing that there'd be for the shop, there'd be a lot more like after sales sort of business that that's what they were looking for, you know, almost like servicing cars, that sort of thing. Has yep. Boosted thought about something like that? I mean, yeah, so um, the servicing side of things is is a is a really interesting one. It's something that that I've been involved in. So I actually kicked off uh, um, an authorized service center uh, program as a trial uh, just last year, um, and we have an authorized service center set up in the Netherlands at Sickboards. There, they were our first one. Right. Um, so we trained some of their staff um, of of how to service a boosted board uh, properly. So we have very specific tolerances of how we like to do these things down to, you know, like how hard we talk down specific bolts, et cetera, what the, um, what the you know, the correct belt tensions should be, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so we said that was our first one up. And then we actually had one of the fellows from uh, 12 boards in Melbourne come over next. So he was our second guy. Um, uh, that we set up as an authorized service center. So we plan on rolling that out um, uh, as quick as we can. And what about unauthorized products on loaded um, um, boosted boards? Like if someone had like non-spec wheels to bring it in? I mean, do you think about that sort of thing? I know like yeah. say Apple doesn't like it if they you change out parts in their things. Yeah, it, it's not so. The wheels thing is not such a huge problem. While we we probably wouldn't encourage uh, different size wheels, um, people uh, do it anyway. The reason for that is uh, the firmware is tuned specifically for a certain size wheel, so that you know, for a certain mode, the acceleration and braking uh, works in a particular way. Uh, that's safe and reliable and and um, predictable. I guess is the word. Uh, putting a different size wheels on on there is gonna cause an unpredictable experience because when you hit the throttle, uh, it expects the wheel diameter to be a certain size, um, and it's tuned for that. And we spent a great um, a great deal of time and effort tuning those things, uh, much like a car. Um, so um, when you put a different size wheel on it, that behavior changes and it can change radically, you know, depending on, on, on what you've done. Um, so that's probably the main reason why we wouldn't encourage, you know, a different wheel size. Because um, I have seen a few yeah. YouTube videos over, you know, the boosted yeah. board speed hack. I think, was it Sam Sheffield? He sort of... Uh, Put a bigger wheel. On put a bigger yeah. wheel on there. He was rocking some bowers and trying to see how fast he could get his boosted board. You guys, yeah, w w that's not something you guys are sort of encouraging. You can probably go real fast, but you probably can't slow down too quick. Yeah, there's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is Sam one of your influences? Yeah, he is. Sam's oh, a great okay. Yep, yep. So I mean, him creating content like that—that that doesn't like, you know raise warning bells with you guys or raise flags or anything? Uh, I, I mean, we never really dictate to any of those guys what they should and, and, and shouldn't show, for sure. So, you know, we, and we just don't do that. And it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, 
Well, you know, if he thinks that's cool, then that's that's cool by us too. Yeah. But if someone were to ask us directly, you know, that would that would be my response. Hey, you know, like be careful, you know, when you're yeah. changing things because we do it for a for a certain reason. But you know, like with any skateboard, people like to you know, do crazy things with them, don't they? So yeah, especially in this, I I really find the early days of longboarding in the early 2000s is very similar to I find very similar to e-skate now where you have like this real like core group of passionate people that are pushing the limits and are pushing different products and uh, they it, it really is an interesting time yeah oh for sure Hey, James, I might have to wrap it up. I'm no, yeah, I know. I was going to say yeah. 10 minutes ago, someone was yeah. giving me the wind-up as well. And I'm going, no, I'm just going to keep asking questions until he tells <laughs> me to stop. <laughs> Very good. It's one of my secret powers is just to keep people talking and talking. <laughs> oh, look, I'm happy to, like, if you have any follow-up, I'm really happy to, to answer it for you. It's just I've got some opinion. Yeah, no, I understand. It's been awesome talking to you, mate. Like really, I, I really appreciate it because it's, uh, I got to ask, it's so funny. I've just been going through my notes and, you know, we talked about so many of the, I don't think there's a, 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 a area I didn't talk about that we didn't discuss. So I really appreciate it. Oh, oh no problems at all, James. It's been a pleasure talking with you, mate. Righto. We'll catch up soon. Thanks for okay. chatting. Okay. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening and a bigger thank you to Mike McHugh for taking the time and Booster Boards for taking the time allowing me to set up that interview. He was very generous with his time and very patient with some of my questions. Okay, what's coming up next? Next week, we are going to India. I have an interview with a young Indian skater, Kayab Mamom, and we find out what it's like being one of the few downhill skaters in India. After that, I've got a special episode with an OG English skater. That one is also a lot of fun. We really dig into uh, how the English scene developed and his unusual journey. Can you believe it? This guy started skating when he was 24. You don't want to miss that one. Okay, that's it. You want to send me a message, go to the homepage for the podcast, which is hopkin.com.au forward slash podcast. If you want to send me a message, just type this into your mobile phone browser or into your browser, which is anchor.fm forward slash Hopkin forward slash forward slash message. That will take you directly to the page. Press the button. Send me a voice message. I want to hear what you think. And tell me, what did you think of the interview? If you're going to buy an electric skateboard, what are you going to buy? Let me know. Send me a voice message. That's it. Catch you on the next one. Hop out.